Welcome to the Sequoia Breeze podcast, a breath of fresh air for your homeschool. I am your host, Rebecca Lasavio. Today, I will be joined again by Aaron Emerson, one of our Clarksville HSTs, who has several years of kindergarten classroom experience, as well as several years of homeschooling her own kids. She's back today to help us as on our journey of learning to teach our kids to read, And she will be covering today more about the letters, their sounds, and the vowel sounds, and how that turns into phonics as they begin to put them together to read their first words. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. I'm glad to be here. So tell us a little more about how we go through this process of going from teaching our kids to be aware of the sounds around them, aware that the words they're using have different sounds, to learning letter names and matching those to their sounds? It's a great question. So we have to start out with that foundational piece of having the language around us and then playing and hearing sounds. We talked about that for our phonemic awareness podcast. But today we're going to get more explicit directions for kids to take the sounds and the letters that they see visually and matching those together to then build words. I think we all automatically start singing the alphabet song with our kids. When they're little, we start teaching letter names. We maybe point out letters and, uh, you know, find the first letter of their name and start to introduce that. I think that's something that, whether you homeschool or not, most parents are are aware of. They're paying attention to that, and they start working on that with kids before they start school. How do we make that bigger? Great question. You know, kids are egocentric. They love to learn about themselves. So one of the great places to start off with is uh, magnet letters on your fridge and writing their name. So if you start your child out spelling their name on the fridge, they have a lot of fun. Then you can say, okay, um, Peter, can you bring me the P? And he can walk over and hand the magnet to you um, and practice then saying, what does the P say? And you have that nice crisp sound for the the letters. Sometimes when we're doing phonics, um, we have to be aware that we don't stretch out our sounds. And we have, we can link in the show notes, um, the peachy speechy um, speech therapist who does wonderful little segments of how to articulate the sounds of our English language. Um, But using the letter sounds, when we're seeing the, writing or the physical letter um, and putting those two pieces together is a key component to reading. I like to start with children with their name because again, they like learning about themselves. Then you can start expanding it to family members and the dog's name are another fun way that you can just make it about them and learning about their environment. So they have buy-in and authentic learning. Well, it means something. If you just say, here's an M like Matt, it doesn't have a lot of significance maybe to them at the beginning to understand that letters matter to go with these words. Whereas, you know, if it's the letter of their name, this means me. And this has, you know, if you write this down, other people know it means me too. (laughs) Exactly. And they, they love seeing that, that they're able to communicate. And those are first pieces of learning to read. Um, Letter names is one of the first steps and you can teach capital letters all in a sequence, and then add the lowercase letters, or you can do them both at the same time. But what I like to do is be able to um, 
make sure that we're teaching the sounds, like I said, kind of clipped and sharp. Um, so the ah sound when we're doing the letter A, not we're not going to be teaching the ah or the long vowel of A in the very beginning. B, we don't want to have a buh. We want to be buh and have it really making sure we're moving our mouth in the way that we're articulating or producing the sound very clearly for our for our students to hear. So it sounds like we really need to break down letter sounds in a more detailed way than maybe most of us are used to thinking about them. Because we think, buh, you know, B says buh, and none of, but without realizing that it really is two sounds. We've, we've done buh and uh and smushed them together. And so we need to break it down to a really micro sounds and focus in on what that letter actually says to prevent confusion for our kids. Exactly right. Because sometimes you'll get a, if you say ma-at, then they read ma-at. And if you can make sure it's m-at, then you're going to get mat, what they can produce and hear those pieces. Otherwise, they can accidentally be getting extra sounds in um, as they're going to then be reading. And it can translate even to, to their spelling. Very interesting. These feel like, teeny tiny lessons like like is this even worth our time to really focus on this teensy tiny like little sounds when we were trying to you know do the big project of reading is it worth spending weeks or however long it might take our kids to grasp these each tiny sound to each tiny letter and then putting those together is this something is it worth our time when there's so many things to do with homeschool? You're right, and it's uh, yeah. you feel like sometimes there's a pressure or a race to be at the ending line. But think about it as building your house and having that foundation really solid, and then we add the pieces to it. So when we start in the very beginning, when our babies are born and we're talking and singing and playing with them, we're creating that phonemic awareness piece. The next layer of the house or foundation that we're adding to is now taking those sounds and attaching them to the the letters. And so taking that time is an investment that will pay off dividends in the end. I have a four-year-old and I'm starting to work on some of this letter recognition and the idea that sounds are attached to those with him. And in researching for this podcast and in looking for things, tools for him, one of the things I've come across I've really enjoyed um, is on a blog called themeasuredmom.com. And I, we will link to that in the show notes because she has piles of resources for various stages of learning to read. But I've really been enjoying, she has games and activities and coloring pages and things for each letter with its sound. So you can print off, um, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 things just for the letter B and the B and, and choose which things match your child's personality, what activities they would enjoy the most. Or you could do one or two each day and focus on that letter for the week. And it was for me, that was a treasure trove to, to discover that. It's so <laughs> great to find a resource and that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, that you go go and pick and choose based on your child's mm-hmm. learning style what's going to work for you guys. But I think pulling in multi-sensory strategies for all kids is really beneficial. Mm-hmm. So um, things that you can do with school funds or things and materials that you might even have at your house already would be using magnetic letters so that they can be putting that on the refrigerator or a magnetic whiteboard to build um, their name and other words. You can, this one costs nothing. It's skywriting. So you take your two fingers in the air and then you skywrite the words 
as you're practicing them or even just the letter. So if we're learning the letter C, we're going to skywrite a C. Then we can say the sound of the C when we skywrite it a, a second or third time. Um, writing in salt is, or if you're at your house, you could use sugar too, but it gets sticky. They like <laughs> to eat it. Um, but I would take an old crayon box and you know the old eight um, crayons in a box. They were the big jumbo size. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect a little tray. Or a little tray is a perfect size to pour um, some salt in. And if you have a piece of colored paper below the salt, um, when your child puts their finger in, they're getting a, a tact- tactile experience where their f- finger is rubbing against the salt to um, see through to the paper below. And they can write their letters into um, the, the salt or the sand or the sugar and then you shake it the box gently agitate it and it goes and erases and then you can do it again um, or I'm sure if you have an iPad you could practice writing your letters with your finger on an iPad um, I've also done this with a clean table we made pudding at home mm-hmm. you scoop it on the table and you get to finger paint eat <laughs> as you're writing your letters so depending on your style at home if you think ah that's too messy then don't choose that one but if you're like you know what i think my kids would enjoy learning their letters if they well, can eat that you were one. telling me too about putting paint or oh, something yes. putting like you're even right. in the ziploc that's that a you can great <laughs> idea so um get two gallon size Ziploc bags. In the first bag you get, go to the dollar store. So two one-gallon bags. Exactly. (laughs) And you'll get um, a giant size of the hair gel. It's got a great texture, but you could use um, tempera paint or another squishy material in their shaving cream could work as well. And you fill the first bag with your um, squishy material. Let's just stick with um, <laughs> hair gel at this point. So you squeeze that in all into the first bag, zip it closed, then put a second bag on it and zip it closed. And it's just going to help you For have security. a security. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then you tape that to your table with some painter's tape and you've got a super cool, squishy, tactile experience to be able to write letters or words in, and then you can erase it away. But I, I personally love, um, Playing in, sha- in shaving cream or that hair gel in a bag. The hair gel in a bag is the, the easiest for mess. You can feel the texture without getting messy and you can reuse it over and over. But if you do go the shaving cream route, you can practice these skills in the um, while your child's taking a bath. Mm. And so you can be singing and playing games and sneaking in a little learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting shaving cream, a, spl- uh, a little handful on the wall and you make a circle and then they can take their finger and um, write into the shaving cream can be really, really fun too. So proof that when you homeschool, learning is everywhere. (laughs) It's all over. (laughs) And so we've, we, we learned the letter names, we've identified their sounds and we can start putting together some small words. Is it time at that point to really focus on vowels? Yeah. So once you've got your Letter names and sounds under your belt. And you can even start with a handful of letters and a vowel so you can start building a word. If you know, let's say, in your curriculum that you choose, it starts with the letter M, the letter S, the letter T, the letter N, and then now you have your vowel A. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to build a lot of words with that. You can build man so they can write m a man now change it to mat they have to listen to the last sound of the word changing so then they have to write m a t for mat um 
So you don't have to use the learn the entire alphabet okay. to start these skills. And you don't have to learn the alphabet in order. And you don't have to learn the alphabet in order. I highly encourage kids learning the letters that make the sound really easily first and you build success. Mm. So letter M mm, at the end says the mm sound. So it's an easy one for kids to start with. Mm-hmm. Letter S is good. Um, some letters don't make their sounds. So let me think here. Um, it's not where I'm like, well, ah. C. Yeah. And C, you, and it it's a complicated you're one. You're right. Because a C you can use and you teach them very clearly that a C has multiple sounds. So the C says K and it says S. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the sound for circle, it starts with a C, but we typically save that sound for later in, in um, our phonics development. We teach the hard K sound okay when we start so, but the letter name the name exactly doesn't have anything related to yes, its sound exactly. so that's exactly it's like one. a thief exactly yeah. and so just being aware of starting those ones mm-hmm. would be more challenging mm-hmm. than ones that say their name the mm-hmm. p p it's mm-hmm. it's very friendly mm-hmm. there's some friendly letters do you find that once kids have learned maybe 10 or 15 sort of letter names and sounds together does it start to come a little faster and that like they they understand the concept or is it still you need to like the process is still just as careful for each letter i think you are so on to something that using a sequential approach is really beneficial for kids and having a familiar routine so if you're going to introduce a letter a week, you can follow the same kind of format. So your child is familiar and gains confidence. So they know like, oh, I learned the M last week and I was really successful with that. So when you learn the new letter, they know, oh, I know what this routine is. And there's mm-hmm. some comfort and um, mm-hmm. reassurance in that. And some kids are going to need that full week to learn and and really grasp that sound and to reinforce it, I would think. And some kids might get it in a day or two, and it would be fine to move on at that point. Yes. But it's not concerning that another kid might need a week. That's all still in the realm of normal, wouldn't you say? homeschooling Mm. because you get to cater it to your specific child and their specific needs in the moment. So if your child grasps this concept and they're, I got it, then you can move on faster. If your child needs to stay there a little longer and you need to add in more multisensory experiences and um, ways to practice, that's awesome that you can take this time to invest in them now and build that strong foundation. Uh, And I think pairing with your HST, if you have any sort of concerns about the progress, Mm -hmm. they can definitely help and support you in that journey. Now, this, what age are we... You, are kids usually developmentally ready for this stage of matching letter names and sounds and starting to move into the world of phonics? It's a great question because um, I feel like maybe developmentally ready is different than what is the state standards mm-hmm. being pushed on us. Mm-hmm. So um, the state says that you should know all letter names and sounds entering kindergarten. Entering And kindergarten. that's like really hard to believe because mm. you don't have a control over mm-hmm. a child's Right. Home experience. So that's, you know, in your brick and mortar, they're thinking you start with this at least letter names and then we can just teach you the sounds. Mm -hmm. But that's a, a, you know, a a wide Mm -hmm. spectrum of experiences for kids. Um, 
So I think developmentally that might not be appropriate, but that's what the expectation is. So how do we cater to our students to make it more developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. and accessible um, and, and build on their success so that they feel confident in this mm-hmm. journey of reading? If you just say you have to do it and it's expected, then and you don't have the buy-in of the child, it's going to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. If you can make it fun and playful and interactive and authentic to their themselves and their learning, mm-hmm. then you're going to build on that success. Mm-hmm. So some kids might have this down at four. Some kids might still be working on it at five and a half, six. Yes. They're still that I'm ready to learn switch in their brains yeah. might be just starting to turn on. And they're, they're still going to learn it, and they might move faster once they're ready to go. Do you, I, you agree I with that? I definitely agree with that. And I would I encourage you to have those conversations with your HST because sometimes children in second and third grade are still building on these phonics mm-hmm. pieces. It's very Kindergarten through third grade is all about learning to read. So it's very common to still be practicing these skills up until eight and beyond. So, um, do you have any favorite tools for phonics? You have such good questions. I love it. <laughs> I'm loving uh, one of my favorite tools I used in the classroom all the time was Elkonin boxes, which are, these are sound boxes you can use where you um, push just a penny into the box at first when you're doing a phonemic awareness game. Let's say you have a three letter word like cat, you'd have three pennies at the bottom and um, on a piece of paper, we'll link it to the show notes. So you see what I'm talking about. Three boxes on your piece of paper, three pennies. And then you have the word that the parent says the word cat and you're just doing the phonemic awareness part would be k, a, t, and your finger is pushing the penny into the box each time. Now we take it and we actually put letter squares on the paper. And so we have little, tiles so to speak that you can just make out of you could get a scrabble game yes. maybe use those magnetic letters that you were talking about before or or print it out and cut out pieces of paper exactly okay. exactly rebecca so you would take those letters that you have picked out for the uh for the lesson and then you will have your child build a word and you might say okay we're gonna build the word cat so they have to find the letter c and then push that into the first box then find the letter a and push it into the second box then find the letter t push it into the third box then take their reading finger back to the beginning and there's a line underneath that they'll take their fingers and trace across and say cat so they took the units cat and then blend them together to read cat and so now we're taking our letter sounds and giving them meaning by reading words so alconan boxes are a wonderful tool that can be used just as phonemic awareness and then reintroduced when we turn it into phonics there's an incredible app for an ipad called the montessori crosswords for kids app and i just love it because when you push on the letter in the app it says the sound. So it's just really reinforcing that letter name and sound. And then it has the Elkonin boxes so they can push the sounds into place and then read the word. I find it really rewarding, not too distracting. And it costs about $3 the last time I checked for an iPad app. So sometimes when we're traveling in the car, my son will be, I want to play a game. And I'll give him what he thinks is just a game for playing and he's he has to play Montessori crosswords. I believe it's, it works on Android as well. It's not just oh wonderful. I believe perfect. And we will find that and put a link up for that as well in our show notes. Um, I know one tool I've used at home is Explode the Code, which are phonics books um, that start from 
preschool and go on up and they're cheap, which is really nice. But you were also mentioning how much you like reading eggs. Reading eggs is another excellent tool that we've seen kids make tremendous growth with. Um, So you want to dedicate spending a daily practice going into reading eggs, maybe 20 minutes where they're building their skills, but it's a sequential approach. And um, they, so that means they build the skills for the student in a sequence and they follow a learning path so that they're gaining their skills. So maybe with something like reading eggs, which is so fun and, oh, they get screen time, that could even be a reward for spending 10 minutes of focused work with you. We are going to learn this letter today. We're going to practice it and we're going to do an activity about it and we're going to focus on this. And when that is done, then you get to move on and spend some time. You get to have 20 minutes on reading eggs or something. And it, it may feel like a reward, but it reinforces the thing that you've been teaching that day. I think that's a great idea, Rebecca. And let's say you have multiple children at home. You could be taking turns. So one of them's working on reading eggs while you can hone in and focus your skills on with the other student in a mini Mm -hmm. lesson and then take turns where they're still moving forward in their learning. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Well, we don't want to take this podcast any longer and we have lots more to cover with some other subjects on reading. So we will come back next time and start talking about actually sounding out words, which in the world of learning to read is called decoding and maybe even touch a little on the subject of sight words. So we hope you will join us next time. And thank you so much, Erin, for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today at Sequoia Breeze as we have continued to discuss teaching your child to read. We hope this has been a rewarding and encouraging episode for you, and we hope to see you back next time. 